What is up, guys, on this crappy Wednesday? Snow outside, cold outside, but it's warm in here because we got a lot of sports news to talk about today. And we even have a special guest on the phone today. Good, Gibby. Do you want to say hi to everybody? Yeah, what's up, guys? We got Gibby joining us today on the show. He's a big Pirates fan, so we got some Pirates talk coming up. Some big signings happened this day. Uh, we got Machado signing the big deal 10 year, $300 million. All right, Sweden Machado today signed a 10-year, $300 million contract with the Padres. A lot of people have mixed feelings about this. I think that this makes the Padres a contenders within maybe two years, all the prospects that they have. I I disagree. Um, They actually uh, went from uh, 71 wins in 2017 to only 66 last year, and I don't think one guy is going to change anything as far as wins um, I think it's going to put more more people in the stands, but as far as them being contender, no, nah, they got to call up a lot of the new pieces that they have. I mean, they cut a lot of people that they got rid of Freddie Galvis and they got Machado now at short, which is huge. Um, I think that the team's fine. I think they just need a lot of pitching. Um, Gibby, what do you think about the Padres getting Machado? Uh, I think it was a good pickup for them. They they did need like a kind of like a superstar. I mean, I know they did have Eric Hosmer, but they needed like a like a good middle infielder and. I saw like a thing today that they had like 14 top prospects in like the top 125, which I think this will be good for their future. The adding of Machado. But what do you think, Gib? Last year they won 66 games. What do you think they end up with this year because of one player? Uh, I think they maybe get like around 70, maybe a 500 ball club. They still have a tough division, so I think that's going to still they're still not going to be the same or I mean better. See, yeah, that's what I, that's exactly what I said. I said you know they have. Great prospects right now, and now you get Machado who's only twenty six. That and you have Hosmer and Will Myers there, and you still have a good players there that are young. So I think that they will be contenders within two years. That's what I'm going to call that. Yeah, but I think one of their prospects is the number two shortstop in baseball. So what does that mean? Are they going to put Machado at third base where he really doesn't want to play? Well, they can move that prospect to third base. Gabe, do you think with Machado signing to the Padres, do you think that gives them contender chances within the next two years, or do you think this, this is still going to be a long-term thing that's going to happen? Uh, I think they'll definitely be condemned contenders once they get Tatis Jr. up and groom him under Machado. I think in the next coming years that they'll be like a really, a really top contender in the NL West with the Dodgers and San Fran. That is a tough division if you look at that. Like you think I, about I, the, the Dodgers, San Francisco. I just, I still think the Dodgers are the team to beat in that division. Um, it's going to be tough. It's going. I think it's going to be tough for them. It really is. Yeah. Well, moving on. Harper has reportedly denied about five teams that were offered him three hundred million dollars. Phillies have moved to the front runners as far as the team to beat to pick him up. Um, Gibby, do you think that he should go to the Phillies, or if there's another team anywhere that he should preferably go to? Um, I, I couldn't see him in Philly. I, I don't know why. I just, I feel like they're just not the right place for him. I think he should go to Chicago, like the Cubs, because he'll just be a good addition to the outfield. And he's, uh, I heard he's really good friends with Chris Bryant. So I could see it happening. Yeah. But in Philadelphia, could you imagine him? And if they get Mike Trout next year and they have McCutcheon now for, I think the next three years. That that would be an insane outfield. They would, I think, they would take over the NL East for sure if they could ha- make that happen. 
Let me ask you this, Gibby. What, what do you think about the whole 10-year, $300 million uh, contract? Do you think it's good for baseball, or do you think it's bad for baseball? Um, I, I don't really think it's good for baseball because players can have up years and down years. So, I mean, if you sign him for 10 years, that's a big commitment because you never know where he'll be in 10 years. And, uh, like, with today, with players, it, players don't like to stick with teams that long. So, I don't know. It could be It could be trouble down the road for them. What I said, which I thought I liked, was how the Phillies signed Aaron Nola the other day. I think it was like four years. What was it? Forty-five million dollars. That's how I think contracts should look in sports. Instead of seeing these people one in three hundred million dollars. I know we talk about this a lot, but I thought that was a good contract. See, I, my thing is, is like Machado, especially. It seems like he was all about the money. He doesn't care about winning a World Series or being on a winning team. But Harper, I think Harper. Harper wants the World Series. I, I think that I think he's waiting for a team that he can look at all the options and see who's going to be the most competitive team, and then go with them. See, I, I think that too. But what confused me about that is if you look at Philly, like if he gets on Philly, like that's playoff team right there. Like I truly don't like. I, well, I there's a lot of rumors that he wants to go to San Francisco, and I don't know if that's because it's closer to his home. But if you go to San Francisco. I'm not too sure that that looks better than Philly. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I think I think Philly. He's gonna the Philly. It would definitely be better for him to go to Philly than the Giants. Uh, the Giants just still don't impress me with it, what they put out on the field every year. But the Phillies, the Phillies could be really good with him too. But I just can't see him being in Philly for some reason. What What has Philly really done to improve their uh, their pitching and their bullpen? From last year. I mean, that seemed like to be like their Achilles heel last year. I mean, I agree with that. I think their starting pitching was pretty better. It was definitely better. I mean, they got Arietta, who performed well, brought a veteran and brought a, brought a veteran presence into that locker room. But as far as their bullpen goes, Robertson's the only thing they picked up, really. But I think that if Harper does go with the Phillies, that makes that team a home run hitter. You think of all the names on that team. You got Hoskins. You got Franco, Segura, who can hit home oh, they runs. They definitely improved. They, oh, they absolutely. definitely improved. But I'm just saying, as far as pitching goes, that's that's going to be their problem. Is their bullpen? I think that they're if they get Harper, I think their bullpen is what they really need to focus on right now. And if I'm not mistaken, I think I think Lehigh Valley had one of the best pitching rotations in the in the minors last year. Um, I think if if the Phillies can get like two, maybe by the trade deadline, trade deadline, um, if they can get like two, maybe two key pitchers in the bullpen they'll be a really big contender in the playoffs um, but it's going to be really interesting to see how that division ends up it's uh, with a lot of good teams with the Mets and the Braves it'll be interesting I just can't believe Harper didn't take that deal with the Nationals I mean I, I wonder if that was even true the deal they offered him supposedly they offered him well over 300 million and with that team and that pitching staff I mean yeah I don't understand that it. is a really good team they say that the Nationals are still in the race, Harper, which would be shocking if, and especially in the internet, if all of a sudden you saw Harper sign with the Nationals, which I think would be awesome. I think he should go back. That pitching staff is loaded. I mean, there's not a lot of home run hitters on that team is the downside, if you think about it. I just think that is going to be one of the best divisions as far as baseball goes. I mean, with the Nationals, the Phillies, the Braves, I don't, I don't think the Mets are going to be anything again, but I think that's a great division. One thing that I will stick with that I said from the beginning is I think the Phillies should wait on Harper and they should get Mike Trout next year. Maybe go after a pitcher like Dallas Keuchel. But if they say they get Harper, do you think they have enough money to get Trout also next year? 
you never know. I mean, they, they can spend as much money as they want. I mean, do they want to spend that much money? Who knows? But I, I'm still shocked that Dallas Keuchel's still out there. There's there there's a huge list of free agents who haven't even been talked to yet. Gabe, what do you think as far as all these free agents? A lot of people have come out. Big stars have come out and saying that the free agent market is kind of messed up. How no one's even being talked to. What do you think about that? Um, I just, I don't. I feel like there's just an overflow of players. Like there's a lot of good players, and it's it's hard for each team to like get the perfect match. So I mean, I think like these these superstars they shouldn't wait around for the best deal. Like they should try and take deals as they come because it's hard. It's hard to get like the team that you prefer. It's more that you need to have a job at the end of the day. And it's just, I don't know, the free agent market isn't what it used to be, I don't think. Well, it's funny. It's like all these guys are looking for these crazy contracts. And we've been talking about this for the last couple of podcasts. Like Kimbrel, he he wanted $100 million, and he's a closer. I mean, that is insane. Yeah. I think uh, what I saw that was best, and we're, we're going to talk about him later as far as Josh Donaldson, but he came out and he said, you know, I knew I wasn't going to get a long-term contract after two big injuries. Well, he's 33 years old, Yeah, but he, he said right at the bat, he said, I expected a one-year prove-it contract, and he said, I took it right away, the first team that offered me one, because at, like Gibbs said, at the end of the day, you need a job, especially if you have family. You need to stop waiting around for this $300 million and just sign the contract that comes to you. All right, Gib, give us your lowdown on the Pirates. In 2017, you guys had 75 wins. Last year, you guys went up to 88 wins. What do you think about the Pirates this year? Uh, I think they're, they're going to do a little bit worse. They're, their pitching staff's still really young. They got Chris Archer last year for a whole bunch of prospects, which wasn't probably the best decision. With with the, I mean, the pitching staff they had was good, but Chris Archer... I don't know if that really adds to it, but I think that they should they should maybe go stick around the 500 level. Maybe not be better, maybe not be worse. Gabe, I'll give you I'll give you my go around with the Pirates. Um, you know, you definitely don't have the superstars that you used to have as far as Andrew McCutcheon, Garrett Cole, Harrison just went to the Tigers for a one year deal. As far as your pitching, I will definitely agree with you that they are young and need improvement. I mean, your lowest ERA last year was 3.30 ERA. I mean, that, that's telling a lot there. I think your team isn't bad. Your team's definitely young, but I definitely would agree that there needs to be a lot of pitching help. Yeah, the, the pitch, I mean, Jamison Tyon's a solid ace, I think. He'll be he'll be pretty good. Trevor Williams had a really good bounce back year last year. Uh, Joe Musgrove's still young, a rookie. Well, he was a rookie last year, or the year before. Um, and the fifth, the fifth spot's still really up for grabs. I'm not, Chad Cool could come back, but... Again, he's one of the shakier pitchers on the team. Um, but I, I still I like mean, Archer, though. I mean, Archer, he was what he was last year, but I think he still has a lot in the tank yet. Yeah, I could see him. I could see him getting like maybe ten wins this year, as long as our the Pirates bats stay what they are. I mean, or get better. They could have used a little bit more additions there in the off season, but it's. I mean, it is what it is. Pirates ownership is is shaky. Now, Gabe, would you agree with me? I was saying this earlier that the Pirates definitely have never really been that team that went out and spent big money on a free agent. It's usually like a you know keep it in our house type of thing, trust the process type of thing. Always tried to build up their prospects. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty. That's I think that's what that's exactly right. They they've never really gotten the big pro. They've never gotten like signed the big deals. It's always farm clubs. They're always. They always raise good, like like Starling Marte was good, Polanco's pretty good, but they never just go out and get that big person that they could need. 
Pirates, uh, definitely I can see. I, I thought maybe, you know, they're, I wouldn't say rebuilding, but I feel like it wouldn't shock me if you heard trade rumors by the end of the the trade deadline on Chris Archer. I could see them definitely putting him back up there. Would, would you agree with that or would you disagree with that, Gabby? Um, I could see that. I mean, they, they're always, they're always that team that's always willing to trade anybody. So, I mean, I wouldn't count that out maybe for some prospects or something. I'm still fascinated with that picture. You guys have that Aaron Sledger. He's like six foot 10 guy's a beast. Uh, yeah. yeah. He's big. I, I, I never actually watched him play or anything, but I did hear the name before. Um, but I, he's supposed to be pretty good. All right, Vegas just came out the odds of uh, who's going to the World Series. They have the Yankees and Houston as the the top two teams with six to one odds uh, going there. Gib, who do you who do you think is the team to watch this year as far as uh, World Series from the American and National League? Uh, from the American, I definitely like the Boston again. They're they're really strong, but the Yankees did make some improvements too. So I could see that that, that division could pro- will most likely produce who I think is going to go to the World Series. And then on the NL, I really think the Phillies might have the team this year to do it if, if they can land Harper. I'm going wow. to give you my view. I, I, I do agree with you, definitely. I'm a little disappointed you said Boston over the Yankees. Um, <laughs> as far as AL goes, not just like as far as a contender team, my team definitely, I would say, to watch this year would be Tampa Bay. If you watch a Tampa Bay before the season ended, they got hot. They have one of the best farm systems in the league right now, yeah, and they, they have. Just, they a, picked up Charlie Morton too, so they're both they're they're pitching. They're going to be a better. team to watch, not as far as going to the playoffs, just a team to watch on the rise. But I definitely would. My bet is you're going to see the Braves go almost all the way, if not all the way. The Braves have loaded up. I think that their team was young last year, and they were able, almost like the Yankees. How the Yankees were counted out, but they almost made the World Series. The Braves got to the playoffs with a young team. I think Acuna stays healthy this year. I think Josh Donaldson proves it this year. I just think that that's the team to watch for me. What about the Reds? I mean, the Reds made pretty many moves. I mean, I think that the Reds got Yasiel Puig and Matt Kemp, but I just don't think they're ready yet. Gib, you got any thoughts on that one? Um, I, well, I do agree with you with Tampa Bay. Uh, when they traded Chris Hart to the Pirates, the Pirates had to give up Shane Boz, which was our number one overall draft choice, uh, Austin Meadows, who was McCutcheon's replacement, and um, who was the last one? Oh, Tyler Glasnow, who's a really good – which Pirates never really gave him a shot. So no. I think that they're going to have a really good future and be a contender this year. Um, and for the Braves, I think – or the Reds, they, they do they, they do need some work yet with pit, maybe pitching staff. They have a good – don't they have a really good pitcher or something coming up too? Yeah. So I think I think that maybe in the future that they'll be better. You know, the the Reds in Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati and um, St. Louis, they're always that sneaky team that always, like, goes on a stretch where they, like, they win a lot of games and they're, like, always yeah. knocking on that door to get in. Well, St. Louis picked up Paul Goldschmidt, so hopefully that will be their answer to get into the playoffs. They still have Dustin Fowler. They still have some good talent there. But back to the Reds, you know, they did draft Hunter Green, who throws over 100 miles an hour, almost like Chapman. You know, they, they definitely have – the pieces there, it's just they need they need that pitch and help like most teams need. I do think that they improved a lot, lot this offseason. Um, but it's going to be interesting uh, to see what, what happens with them this year. All right, so we talked about him a little bit. Josh Donaldson this offseason signed a one-year deal, almost a prove-it deal. It was $23 million for the Braves. Um, he's really trying to prove that he can stay healthy this year. You know, he's 33, had two straight seasons with an injury. 
He played only 52 games last year, but he was the rain, he was the MVP in 2015, putting up over 40 home runs um, and 33 home runs 2017. But um, you know, I really do think that I think personally that this is going to be the year that he comes back out as Josh Donaldson as an elite third baseman. I think that those two injuries in the previous years really did kill him. I think it's going to be interesting to watch him. I think the Braves needed a third baseman. I think that's a, that was a good cheap pick for them. Gibb, do you have, what are your thoughts on that, Gib? Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think this year is going to be Josh Donaldson's year. I think I think he'll he'll help definitely help the Braves make a push for the division title. Um, I think he'll he'll hit a lot of home runs, like you said too. I think this year is going to be his year to come back. Listen, uh, I think Josh Donaldson. So he had eight home runs last year, but he was injured really bad. Okay. He's rehabbing his lower body a lot this offseason. He's really trying to get back into the shape. You know, he admits that when you get older, you can't just get right through these injuries the next day. You got to work on them. But he's a gold glove winner. Like, he, he's that, that's a big pickup, I think, for the Braves. I think he's going to put over 30 home runs up this year. I think he's going to bat back over the 250s. I think that he's going to be a huge improvement for that team. He's definitely a dangerous bat. Yeah. You know, he's, he's one of those guys that you, he's going to be in the top part of the lineup, most likely. You just you can't pitch around him. I mean, I mean, he was an MVP three years ago. I mean, last year I remember watching him on opening day. He could barely throw a ball to first base, and everyone like right away assumed that like this is the end of his career. I think. I mean, this is like the first time that he's going through a serious injury. I think that he. I mean, how many times have people come back from an injury and went off? Manny Machado two knee injuries year after year, two years in a row. I think this is. A, I think it's going to be a, a, literally a prove it year for him. I think that if he does well this year enough well enough that the Braves will offer maybe a two- or three-year deal contract. I'm really excited for this division. I mean, this I think, this, yeah, it's going to be an awesome division. Even the Mets, I think, can have a chance to not go first place, but, you know, a run. I think the Mets, they always they have that run in them early in the season, but they fade. By May, they always fade. Uh, I think one thing the Mets had that a lot of teams don't is, like, their starting pitchers, are, they kept their starting pitchers together. They don't have a lot of names that jump out to you on the roster. Um, you know, Robinson Cano is probably the oldest player they have. I just, I don't think the Mets will win at all. I don't think that they'll win that division at all. I think the Braves, it's going to come down to the Braves and Phillies as long as, I think that the, the Braves can definitely, you know, stretch the Phillies to the end if they, if they stay healthy, if their pitching staff stays healthy, if they stay on the right note. Um, but watching that division, I think is going to be the division to watch next year. Gabe, do you have anything to say on that? Uh, I just I think this year is going to be really interesting with I mean each division, um, but I think I think the Braves are really going to push the Phillies for the division title. But it's again it's going to be interesting. You never know, never know what's going to happen. All right, Gibby. Well, we thank you for being our our first special guest on Everything Goes. We enjoyed having your you know your input and uh, definitely would love to have you back on. Yep. Thank you guys. It was a blast. Thanks, Gib. Thanks for coming on with us. Yep, we'll see you. you. No problem. We'll see you again. Yep, see you. All right, moving on from baseball today, the latest rumors in the NFL. Russell Wilson possibly going to the New York Giants. That was a crazy headline that I read today. Your thoughts? I I just don't know um, what's going on as far as that. Um, They're talking about so many different things, talking about the the Giants taking a, a quarterback in the draft. Um, I think if Russell Wilson went there, that'd be a great move for them. That automatic, I think that would make them probably uh, top contenders for the East. Listen, do I think this is going to happen? 
Probably not. Do I think it'd be an amazing thing for the Giants? Absolutely. His wife, Sierra, is huge in the entertainment, and she personally wants him to move to New York. She straight up said the Giants need a quarterback. I mean, you think about Russell Wilson having Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham, and Sterling Shepard. The only receiver that Russell Wilson's ever had was Doug Baldwin. You know, you throw an Odell Beckham in there. I mean, that's huge. He scrambles, too. You got Saquon Barkley. I mean, he's he's a free agent after this coming season, and if they franchise tag him, that's $31 million in the hole, so they don't think that they're going to do that. Um, I, I, just, I don't know if I see this happening. I think the Giants draft a quarterback this draft, and I think that's their next option. Oh, I think they're definitely going to take a quarterback, um, but they already came out and said they're not looking at Kyler, uh, Kyler Murray. Uh, they're saying he's too small. Um, which is stupid. I, I think when they say a quarterback's too small, I mean, you've got to look at Drew Brees and show how he proved. Russell Wilson's too small. Drew Brees was too small, but yet they're yeah, both Doug great quarterbacks. A bunch of small quarterbacks, but what are you going to do? I mean, it's. I think that uh, – I think if you're a good quarterback, doesn't matter how, what size you are. Uh, I think you'll, you'll, make a, you'll make good plays and you'll be a good quarterback. I just – I don't know which way the Giants are going to go here. Um, I, I, I still think that they're going to stick with Eli Manning for at least next year and then draft – Draft a, a quarterback, but you never know. I mean, there's a lot of things that are happening right now that just has me scratching my head. I just – now, I see Earl Thomas leaving this year, but, like, Russell Wilson, like, I mean, you have a, almost a brand-new team last year. But I think Earl Thomas is a free agent. I think uh, because he moved they, – they just – Yeah, but I'm saying, I'm saying I see him I see him moving on. I don't yeah. see him coming back. They're, they're talking about him going to Dallas, which I'm, I'm truly against because – from what they're saying is he's gonna come. He's gonna want a uh, eleven million dollar contract, and I think that's just too much for a guy that's that that old, and uh, coming off an injury like that. Even even though it's just a broken leg, and just I don't know. I just I think that's a lot of money, and I think the Cowboys have other problems that they're gonna have with their their cap and uh, their deal that they have to get done with uh, Demarcus Lawrence. Now I'll disagree with you that I think that that would be a huge improvement for Dallas. I definitely don't think Dallas will probably be able to do it because they have a lot of people dealing with contracts right now. Um, when Earl Thomas is healthy, he's one of the best safeties out there, hands down. Even last year when he was playing before he got injured, he was putting up great stats. Great yeah, stats. I don't disagree with that, but I'm just I'm saying that we have Kayvon Frazier. We have a we have a bunch of guys here that can play. They're just younger, but I just I don't see spending that much money on one guy. Um, I'd rather keep the guys we have. I mean, we ranked in the top ten in defense. And uh, I just think all the pieces are there now. Uh, if you don't like Jeff Heath, then then maybe do something there, but get something in the draft. I just think yeah. dropping eleven million dollars, even if it's just for one year, I just think it's not worth it. Yeah, I just I don't see Russell Wilson leaving Seattle. I mean, you had a brand new team last year, and he took him to the playoffs. Uh, a young team, a young defense. Like the Legion of Boom was officially gone, and that defense was playing well. You got the Griffin Twins, who were great. I just don't see. I don't see Wilson. I unless his wife persuades him somehow. Because well, you know, I don't. What I don't. is his contract situation in Seattle right now? Right now, he is a free agent after next season. I think he's owed like seventeen million dollars, something like that. So the Giants would have to trade for him, which I don't see them doing that. You know, but, but picture this though: the Giants, you know, have Eli as a starter this year. Say they don't draft the QB first round. Eli struggles. Do you trade everything you have to get Russell Wilson? That's if Seattle's even willing to trade him. 
I, that, that's something that could happen. Would, Every, all I'm saying is that, like, if you think about it, Russell Wilson going to the Giants. It would be scary. That would be a great team. It fits, though. Like, it makes sense. Will it happen? Who knows? I mean, if they did that, then defensively, would, they would just have to focus on that side of it for the draft. I mean, they still have some good pieces there. I just, uh, I mean, number one, they have to resign Collins. Collins was absolutely amazing. It's just they need to stop. They need to not tag him and just give him a contract. But all right, so Antonio Brown ended up meeting with the president for Pittsburgh's. uh, Everything went well accordingly. Yeah, they both agreed that it was time to uh, move on. It was time to move on. They, he, I'm I'm, 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 personally, I'm glad that it ended on good terms. It was probably an awkward meeting at first, um, but. I don't know. I don't know why he wants out. Antonio Brown always had respect for the Rooney family. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he is never disrespectful to them. Everything that happened that happened in that locker room. It, it wasn't uh, about money or anything like that. It's just something stupid that happened, and then it blew up, and then now and he's now on the he way out. out. Yeah, now he wants out. Le'Veon Bell is officially not being tagged. They're going to let him be a free agent. That's going to be interesting to see. I think whatever team gets him, they're getting a great weapon. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you see teams like the Colts looking in at him, uh, the Texans looking in at him, um, teams that are like that. Um, I think the Texans would be a, a huge fit. I mean, yeah. who, who do they have at running back? Miller. And he hasn't really been performing well. Uh, he's not bad, but I, uh, that'd be a step up to having uh, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell would, would be huge wherever he goes. I've heard multiple times that the Colts are looking at him. Um That'd be interesting, too, because they got Mac. They could use Mac as a second down back. Um, I'm interested to see what happens with the Dolphins um, as far as Tannehill goes. Yeah, they're talking about them drafting the quarterback, too. Um, Do they still have Osweiler as a backup? They actually have Murray projected to go to uh, the Dolphins. Do they still have Osweiler as the backup there? I believe believe so, but I, I I think they just need to rebuild there. I mean, you have Tannehill who can't stay away from the injury bug. I mean, when he when he is starting, I mean, he's not bad. He's not a bad quarterback at all. No, not at all. It's just he can't stay healthy. And they've never had all the pieces there that they needed. They uh, traded a lot away last year. I mean, Frank Gore was your running back. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of quarterback uh, decisions this year. I mean, they're saying uh, Blake Bortles might be a June 1st cut. Uh, so that, that could open up the Jaguars for Nick Foles. Um, I always have mixed feelings on Blake Bortles. There's just sometimes I, I, I root for him, and he plays well sometimes. Uh, you, I mean, do you, can you still pull the he's young card? No. No. He's, he's, he's 27 years old. It's just They gave him an extension last year. Maybe a new team will be better for him, maybe just being a backup for a little bit. I think that they're going to have a new quarterback next year. If not, they're going to they're gonna start Bortles, and if he ain't winning, they're pulling him. It's going to be interesting because uh, – the contracts, uh, the, all that negotiation should be going on pretty soon. Uh, the franchise tag, that, that happens. Uh, that actually happened yesterday. They can put tags on players. Uh, March 5th is the deadline where they actually have to put a tag on a player. Um, I know the Cowboys are in a situation again with Demarcus Lawrence. Whether they want to tag him or not, right now they're not. But um, they said they will if they have to so he doesn't hit the free agent uh, market. I think that's your best option. You tag him, and then you worry about some other people you have for now. I just think that they're right now uh, they have to focus on getting him signed, and I think it's going to take anywhere from twenty to twenty-two million a year to get it done. But I think he's worth it, and uh, it's in the Cowboys' hands right now. Yeah, I saw reports also that they are 
going to tag Clowney because Clowney is going to be a free agent. Um, I saw that Texans are unsure about giving him a contract extension, though. I think um, I think if he, they do tag him, I think they're going to get he's going to get twenty two million. He's a great I think defensive that's what the player. The market is this year. I mean, he's been injured a few times, but I would take him on my team in a heartbeat. All right, so moving on from franchise tags, Colin Kaepernick has been in the talk about possibly being signed by the Carolina Panthers. I saw that the other day because you know obviously Cam Newton just had the arm surgery. You know that that's a huge debate to go into because a lot of people don't think Colin Kaepernick deserves being in the NFL. Um, I I think he's a good quarterback. I really do. I just think. Uh, all this stuff that blew up, and now him settling with the NFL, I, I just I think it was, it's bad for for football for one, and I I think it uh, I don't want to say it hurt him. I mean, it took a couple years of his his playing career away, but I I just think that he's a good quarterback, and uh, who knows what Cam Newton and his injury and his surgery uh, having someone like Colin on that on the as a backup might be a good fit. Would he want to be a backup though? I don't know. I'll say this. You know, this shows everything goes, so we talk about everything. If you think that Colin Kaepernick doesn't deserve to be an NFL player, I mean, there's players out there that are, are just – they don't even deserve – I mean, Brandon Whedon. I mean, are you kidding me? You tell me Colin Kaepernick could be better than that? Now, like, if you – like, obviously Colin Kaepernick had these problems. You know, he knelt. Nobody liked when he was kneeing during the anthem. I mean, just take all that away, Okay. He is better than almost 90% of the back of quarterbacks in this league. He definitely deserves to play. They said he might go to Seattle. He might go to Carolina. I think he deserves a shot. I mean, when He, he could pl- be a starter on a lot of teams. He, like, he's better than some starters in this league. He's better I, than Joe Flacco. He's better than Case Keenum. He could be he's better a than starter half these guys. on Tampa Bay. He could, he could be a starter in a lot of these teams. I mean, look at the 49ers. They actually lost the quarterback, and they went to their backup. They could have actually used them there. I, I just think it's a it's a bad deal that would happen, but I mean everyone has their views on this whole situation and yeah. I mean it, when you look at Colin Kaepernick, you can't help but look at an elite threat. I mean he can run on you, he can throw, he's got a cannon of an arm, he's got speed. Everyone's gonna look at him as the guy that started the whole kneeling thing during the national anthem. They're not gonna look at his overall stats and what if he's he's accomplished. He went to the Super Bowl, um, he took the Forty ers from being nothing to something. It's just they said know. they said the Patriots could sign him, which makes sense. I mean, you don't know how long Tom Brady has. If he gets injured, I mean, your backup is Brian Hoyer. You know, if he gets if Tom Brady gets injured, his ba- your your backup's Brian Hoyer. Okay, Colin Kaepernick can play for you. Well, according to Tom Brady, he's playing until he's forty five. <laughs> I mean, by the end of the day, you just got you got to think. I mean, Eric Reed got signed, so it's only a matter of time before Colin Kaepernick gets signed. It's gonna happen. The a- the AAF doesn't have enough money to pay him. So he wants twenty million right off the bat, and like nobody, nobody in that league gets that much money. And so he's gonna, he's gonna sign. It's gonna happen. Yeah. I'm gonna call it. It's gonna happen. It's gonna be soon. I think now it's gonna happen now because, like I said, he's settled with the NFL, uh, the lawsuit, and uh, I think now it opens up the door for him to get signed. I think while he was suing the NFL, I think it would have been a little weird because the NFL, you know, the owners make up the NFL, so. If somebody would have signed him, it would have been like, okay, he's suing the NFL, but why would you have signed him? So it would have been yeah. odd. I mean, you hate or love him. At the end of the day, he's got the talent to be in the, in the NFL. I mean, there's there's quarterbacks in this league that don't even deserve to be in the NFL. So we said in the last podcast that we were going to talk about the AAF. It is the Alliance of American Football with two conferences. you got the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. We're currently going into week three of the season, and so far it has been a success. 
besides running a little low on money. Um, but so far, everything looks to be going well. The rules, I love, I love the rules. When I watch these games, it's almost like it's like a college atmosphere, and I love it because you have these stars who are fighting for a chance to get back into the NFL, and which is awesome. It's like a minor league team, which I think that the NFL needs because there's so many people that you, you mean you look at other football teams. There's how many people are on the bench? Probably over forty of the players on the team. You know what I mean? I mean, these, you, this league gives people a chance and local talent a chance to show the NFL that they deserve to be in, in, in the NFL. I think it's going to be successful. It, I think because it's new, um, you know, people are kind of leery about it. But I think uh, all the signs point up. Um, I like I like the whole rule package. Uh, you know, you score a touchdown, you got to go for two. The only time that. you can kick uh, – the only time you use your kickers if you go for a field goal. I love the old time overtime setup. You know, you, you know, you start on the ten. You have to score a touchdown. No, no field goals, and you must go for two. I really like their overtime. I like the fact that you know both teams get a chance, and that it's just not a field goal wins the game. You know, I like the fact that uh, we're actually doing our podcast in the dark. We just lost power. Yeah, it took because of this minutes. winter storm. It took yeah. us a couple minutes to figure out everything, get the computer back on, because uh, the power just kind of went out. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, people do podcasts all over, but we're going to do one in the dark tonight. We got flashlights but right now to read I, our notes. I really like, I really, really like the rule package for some of these things. Uh, there's no kickoffs and stuff like that. And then I know the NFL is trying to get away from kickoffs because they're saying that's the most violent part of the game. There's um, no, there's no television timeouts. There's no commercials, which is apps. How many times do you watch a game and before even the quarterback touches the ball? There's kickoff timeout. And the I mean, thing, the thing that I like the most is there's an extra official that's up in the broadcast booth in that area that can actually overrule a penalty, or they can call a penalty if they see something from up there. And I love the fact too, like when they go to a review, you actually get to hear what they're talking about during the review period. It's pretty cool. It's awesome. It's awesome. I picked my team. I picked as a San Antonio Commander just because I got family in Texas, but you know they're one and one. Yeah, you got Christian Ackberg. He doesn't have a passing touchdown yet at all within two games they're going to stick with him for another game and see how it plays out but the coach said that he is not hesitant to pull him and put another guy in but you got good stars like Trent Richardson who has three rushing touchdowns already who is lighting it up in the in the AAF and is hoping for a chance in the NFL you know he's 28 years old so I mean being realistic I don't think I see that happening Um, I think the AAF is going to be somewhere that he needs to shine and just kind of like live out the rest of his career you know, at age 28, he was the former number three overall pick by the Browns. You know, he, he definitely is, is doing good for, you know, being the bust at the NFL. He, he's doing great in the AFF. Well, I think it's like you just said, it's a good opportunity for players. It's a good – because there are going to be players that, that go into this league and they do uh, either get draft – draft. I don't know if, if it, they can go into a draft again or they, 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 or they, they can get picked up on a free agent wire. But I think it's great for them. And uh, it's, it gives them an opportunity instead of going to the Canadian League or something like that. Um, and that opens it up for people in the Canadian League that live, you know, in the states and want to come back. They have now they, they have another team that they can play for. I wouldn't be surprised if you see someone like a Johnny Menzel. I uh, love it. I would love step it. into that league uh, and get his foot back into the NFL. That's another quarterback that you know could come down here and, and then take one of the uh, open spots on uh, one of the teams down here. One thing that I like definitely is like. If a team wants to go for an onside kick, there is no onside kick. You have a fourth and 12, and you have to get a first down, and you get the ball back, which is I thought is pretty cool. Because, I mean, onside kicks nowadays, with all the rules they change and everything, you never see people actually get them. So that was pretty cool for me. 
Um, I definitely agree with the rules. I, I think it's some of the rules that the NFL should adopt. I mean, there's a lot of rules that uh, that really aggravate me that they don't have for such a, a, a big league that they are. Um, I think in the fourth quarter, with under a minute to go, every time the, the team gets a first down, I think they should stop the clock until they too, spot definitely. the ball. I hate in the overtime in the NFL that like if a, if a team scores, you don't even get a chance. Yeah. That's I, stupid. It makes no sense. I, I just think like if you throw a 40-yard pass down the field and there's like 20 seconds left, I think the clock should stop until they spot the ball because these officials are old. And, uh, you and know, you have they guys that, down that lay on top of other yeah, guys. I, I think they should adopt that rule. And another rule, I think I think you should have to get in the end zone. Get away from this whole just getting the ball across the line. I think you should have to get into the end zone uh, like they used to do in the old days. I don't like the whole factor a quarterback can jump over, just put the ball in there, and uh, it's a touchdown. Uh, you had situations where the ball can get knocked out, and you're on top of the pile, and it could be a fumble. I just think that's a bad rule. I think they should get rid of that and mix it more interesting. Let them get in the end zone. And I like how the one quarterback for the San Diego Fleet, I forget what his name is, but he got drilled and his helmet went flying and you didn't see a flag. And, like, not saying that football should be safe, but, like, you know, it's football. At the end of the day, people want to see people make big plays. It's just nowadays if your fingers just touch a quarterback in the NFL, it's a flag. And it's just it's kind of crappy to watch. Well, the thing people fail to realize is uh, football back in the 80s and 90s, it was awesome. You could hit people and do all the things you can do. But with all those lawsuits and people suing the NFL over the concussions and and everything, uh, they just they, they go on this way with it. Um, I think that the NFL should be like, look, you're going to play a violent sport. You're going to sign a waiver. And at the end of the day, you're responsible for what happens to you. If you feel like you're getting too many concussions, you could retire at any time. But I think that the way they're changing the game, uh, it's it's definitely uh, an offensive league now. You can't touch the quarterback. You can't touch receivers. I just think that uh, the the rules are uh, ruining the game. At the end of the day, I'm officially a fan of this new league. I think it's a mix of college and NFL, and I, I love it. I love the atmosphere of it. They've had great turn-ups so far. The crowds have been great. I think that this is an amazing chan- chance for so many young stars, even if they don't get drafted. I, I'm a big fan of this, and I'm excited to see – how far this goes if they expand the number of teams. There's like not really a lot of teams in the East, um, but I'm excited. I'm excited to watch this. I'm a big fan now. And it's, it's football that it's football that's going on now in the off season of the NFL. So it keeps football going for people. And then they have the XFL coming out, which I think is going to be uh, uh, balls to the wall. I think there's going to be like hardly any rules like it used to be. And it's going to be, be insane. I don't, I don't think that's going to be successful like the AAF. I don't but, think it's going to be more of a hit hard and just yeah, it was. It's going to be more of entertainment, but that's what people like. People love the hits. People love to see things like that. And you know what? Another rule I think they should change. I, I hate when a receiver jumps up and begs for a flag. I think if there's no call there, uh, if anything, call call the penalty on the offensive guy. Like they like they do in other sports, you know. If you're if you're begging and, and, and getting in an official's face instead of calling a technical like in basketball, call a ten yard penalty on them. On sportsmanlike conduct, you know, a lot of these guys jump up, they beg for the flag, and then they get one. And I, I hate that. At the I think that you know with the AAF having different rules in NFL, if it's successful, maybe the NFL will start to change things, which it would be awesome. I mean, first of all, the uniforms are sick looking in AAF. I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm I'm a huge fan, and I hope the NFL changes after watching this. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. So that's gonna conclude the podcast that we have today. We're currently closing in the dark with flashlights up to our notes. It's been a good one today. We had a special guest. We gave you our first special guest. 
If you follow our Facebook page, which is Everything Goes T and K, we would love to have you on as a guest, definitely. So let us know. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. It is in the link on our Facebook page at Everything Goes. Now, one last note. Uh, Sixer star Joel Embiid is going to be out for a week. Uh, could this start the, the doomsday effect for the Sixers with uh, no one like the inner to back up Embiid? We'll see. We'll start our end of the season. Let's lose a lot of games. I'm just kidding. I hope they win. But uh, that's going to conclude it for today's episode, guys. We'll have a good one, and we will see you next time with Everything Goes. God bless.